Iron Skillet Sports presents The Sizzle, the talk of the 219, the people's choice, the region's voice. Iron Skillet Sports presents The Sizzle, talk of 219, hosted by Gregory B. Lewis and J. Kevin Thomas. what it is you know who it is it's the sizzle and when you hear that sound when you hear that song it is time for the sizzles hardwood classic now because it's a classic we're in the nba all-star weekend man it went by fast hasn't it i yeah. mean it just flew past this season is, all this season is yeah. almost gone but listen man it's so much going on Let's talk about the All-Star Game. We've got the All-Star Game, the, the real game, coming up Sunday. Yeah. But we've had some activities. We've had some things that have happened over Friday and over Saturday and some things that are coming up later on this evening. From what you've seen thus far, Jay Sizzle, are you impressed with the All-Star Game this year? I really like the All-Star Game this year. Uh, if Kevin Hart is not going to be in the celebrity game, I need, I need to can that. That was the most boring thing I've watched. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um but all-star-wise, I think it's going to be interesting. I just wish the teams were a little bit more well-divided, east and west, instead of it just going, instead of it just being east and west. I mean, yeah. I, you should have different players from different, I, I, that's what I wanted to see. But I think we're going to see Giannis versus everybody. I think he's going he to take it to everybody. going to be an all-star MVP. Right, he's going he's to take it to everybody. It's one of those things when you look at the players who are here, then there are some players who are injured. I know on the Rising Stars, we have an issue with some of the players that were there because you have a Wendell Carter who's voted into the Rising Star game, but he's unavailable to play. Yeah, they had to vote somebody, and somebody from Chicago. They had to give because they all they, they? Yeah, you know why they did? Because they looked, they saw, you're here at the shrine of basketball for Chicago. Mm-hmm. We have one, we have the greatest player of all time. His, his, his trophy, his statue is out front. Right. And we had no representatives from the Chicago Bulls, nor should they have had any representatives <laughs> from the Chicago Bulls. And now you're looking at a situation that the Bulls are on their way into a different situation than what they should be in, and that's the reason why you saw Window Carter, even though he knew he couldn't play. He's going to be out of Well, you know what, EJ, you brought up a really fascinating point, and I think it's a nugget that the listeners who don't know should know. With Zach Levine now entering into the three-point contest, mm-hmm. there's question if he was going to be able to enter into the slam dunk competition, maybe re-entering himself, maybe the preparation for it would be too great. Yeah. But at this point, with him in just the three-point shooting contest, what does that mean for Zach Levine and the Bulls? Well, this with him being in the three-point contest, it's going to help him if he can win it. Mm-hmm. 
and it would be nice to see a Chicago Bull, you know, win something. Takes me back to the Neek Jordan All-Star Game, 85, I think it was, when Jordan, um, that classic slam dunk contest, Jordan won. A lot of people saying that the only reason he won was because it was in Chicago, because Neek did a, a nice windmill double pump slam dunk before him. But with the win tonight during All-Star Saturday night, Zach Levine could become the only player in NBA history to win both the slam dunk contest and the three-point contest. What do you think his chances are? Nil. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, you said that with glee. I don't think so. I, th- I think, again, I think this is a guy who was just entered in. You know, he's, he's, his numbers say he should be there, but yeah. we all know. Zach Levine is not one of the top uh, um, five or six or seven or eight or ten jump shot shooters in the NBA right now. We know that for a fact. So uh, I think he was added in to quell some of the situations that they got going on right now. Yeah. And I think that's why. But I, if he makes it through the first round, I'll be very surprised. Well, you've got an interesting situation lining up wherein he's in a loaded field. Oh, yeah, without doubt. And he's in a he, – being he's not a, an accomplished three-point shooter. Right. A better three-point shooter now, but he's in a, a loaded field with last year's defending champion Joe Harris. Hey, you got Trey Young. I mean, you got you got guys you got out here who out can there. shoot the rock. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't. I don't put Zach Levine in that. I don't say the same in the same breath. I don't put him in all the great three-point shooters in the NBA. He's not in there. And I don't put him in with the great dunkers either. No. So, I think, again, I think this was just trying to say, please, going to put somebody in here because the only way they were going to get out on the floor if they were going to be sweeping it with a broom. That's about it. (laughs) That is just so uncalled for, my friend. That is just, you are just a terrible person. You're horrible. Here's the problem. If, and we're going to talk about this in the next segment, so I'm not going to get into it right now. But this is a team that just was not built to help Zach Levine play winning basketball. Yeah, yeah you know, Levine should – I don't know what team would be good for him right now. But certainly the Bulls, there's nothing – there's no pathway there for him. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Once you listen to the Hot Money segment later on in the show, we're going to have Rich Sizzle talk about some of your bets and your ins and outs where you should be laying your money this weekend if you're betting on the All-Star game. But listen to this lineup. Damian Lillard, Buddy Hill, Trey Young, Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson, Devontae Graham, Davis Bertrands, and Zach Levine. Is that a loaded field? It's loaded enough where Zach Levine shouldn't be in there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're, you're looking at it. You know, I mean, his numbers say he's been shooting real well, but under uh, has it been under duress? Has it been with the game on the line? Right, it has not. It ha- and it hasn't. Trey Young hasn't really either. But Trey Young is a great shooter. Yeah. You know, bar none. That 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 that's a uh, that that's that's a little Curry light right there, and he's going to let it fly from the logo if he has to. It doesn't matter to him. He's unconscious. So. He's not. This is a guy who's just um, Zach Levine is just not a guy who. I love Zach Levine. I just think he's being dealt a bad uh, a bad deck of cards right now, a bad hand because he's on a team that's not going to put the people around him that, that he needs. Yeah, I think he would be a good Celtic. Celtic, really? Hmm, that's interesting. I never even thought about it as Zach Levine being more than just a player, but with that as a given. <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 trying not to be funny. I'm trying to be as 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 serious. As <laughs> you I never can. take him. You never take him serious, do you? I, I can't. Here's the thing. So let's <laughs> let's move into the Zach Levine thing. Okay. Let's get right back into Zach Levine. Zach Levine 
appeared on ESPN's first take over the weekend. Well, Friday to be exact. And as he was there, as he was doing the interview, the interview with Stephen A. and Molly and with Max Kellerman, yeah, there was a chant going on, and I don't think it was supposed to be on air, Fine. but it was a chant that was going on that should be, um, I think, talked about. I think we should discuss it. Should we just start singing the chant? Well, yeah. What was what was the <laughs> chant? Uh, I think the chant was. Hey, Zach, we want you in the dunk contest. No, I think it was uh, fire, Garpax. Here we go, here we go. It was something like that. Look. Is that what it was? Dude, they were singing fire, Garpax, in a chant behind them. It was so loud, they were drowning out, Zach. And, and, and ESPN couldn't have played No, they, no they're right there. It was, But you know what? You know what? It was all a setup. It was all a setup. They 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 knew that that crowd back there was going when they asked the question. So do you think Zach Levine that 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 um the uh, your upper management is going to put together a team around you? As soon as they asked that question, they knew the crowd was going to start they're screaming. Gonna, they're going to jump in. Yeah. Well, let's ask this question very quickly. Is the upper management in position to put Zach Levine in a winning position? Because Zach Levine threw out a lot. There was a lot to take away from that interview. It yeah. was a lot of innuendo. A lot of things that had to be read between the lines. One of the things that I took away, and the thing that struck me the most, was Zach Levine said at that moment, one player I'd like to play with is a good point guard who can push the tempo and move the ball up the court. this might sound kind of crazy, but I think he would make a good buck. I think he has, and this is why I said this, I don't think he's the best player. I think he's a very good support player. And even though they have a good team, I think he could do something. I think you'll see the best of him come out with um, that team there. But was this an indictment of the the current administration? Was this the proverbial throwing the Bulls management and ownership group, the president, under the bus. Look, they have been dealing with this nonsense now for a long time. So they've been in this rebuilding process. They they drafted the wrong kid. From the beginning, to play point, then they don't play him at point. And then, so what Zach is trying to say, I don't have help. I'm not going to have help. They're not going to give me help, and it's time for something else to happen. So, I mean, in this situation, when you've got these type of things coming and you've got it continuously building and building and building, the question is, where is the help for him and where does this outlet come? It's not on the roster right now in this administration. I think, look. Gar, Pax, one or two of both of them are going to have to go from that position. They're going to have to do something with the coaching. I think you're going to see. I think what you're getting ready to see now is a is a a broom, a sweeping of 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 those people out the door because you have a franchise now who has look when Reinsdorf bought the Bulls, they were worth I think it was fifteen or eighteen million dollars. Now they're worth, from what I understand, they're over two and a half billion dollars. I mean, they're they're worth a boatload of money. Here's the problem right now. Legacy also is built on the foundation that's currently laid. If all of a sudden, look at the Knicks. Look at these teams right now who nobody wants to buy Knicks apparel. We don't want that to happen to the Bulls. These investors don't want that to happen. I'm telling you right now, they're going to move right there. they get somebody up in there and get this ball club at least competitive in the East. Well, what the Bulls have to do is they have to have a complete, from management down, they have to retool the entire team and put it on a 5 a three to five year plan 
on drafting some good players and getting some good free agents in there. And, and, and by the end of a three-year period, they need to look like they could challenge the NBA East. Yeah. Well, I don't. And I don't know how that's going to happen. And the people they have doing that right now, because that's what this plan was supposed to be, yeah. haven't pulled this plan off. No, if, they they can't do it. No, if you're going to tank, you need to tank. Uh, take a take a uh, go look at the Golden State Warriors and see what tanking looks like. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it, there's a way to set this up, and we've talked about it over the weeks. We've talked about it at nauseum at the beginning of the season on the podcast and other places. When you need to restructure and put together a team. You need to build it from the ground up. And yeah. This team is not built the correct way to be successful for the long but, but, term. But I'm going to beg to differ with you. Not the ground up, top down. Mm. They need to be. I'm, I mean, they need to get a, a whole new front office. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even mind if they sold the team to somebody else. Oh, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but but I'm, I'm serious. But they they need to do the, everything. They need to exercise the building. Yeah. Yeah. And with that as a given, we're going to get ready to go to break. But when we come back from break, listen, man, we're getting ready to give you our community spotlight. We've got the Gary Police Department Chief Richard Ligon in the building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk some sports with Chief. We're going to talk about the community. And we're going to give you, the listener, a chance to get uh, close and personal with the Chief. That's wonderful. Here on WLTH 1370 AM 92.7 FM, you're listening to The Sizzle. Welcome back to The Sizzle here on WLTH 1370 AM 92.7 FM. The Sizzle, the talk of the 219. Remember, we talked about Community Spotlight. And Jay, you know The Sizzle is where community and sports meets. Always. This is where we talk about not just what happens on the court or on the field, but when we talk about what happens in the community and how that affects the community and how it affects the young people who will eventually be playing on the field and on the court. Well, that's sports and community, those things go hand in hand. And when you have a good sports program, you usually have a solid community, and that's that's the most important thing. That's what we like to talk about. And in the building today, we have a special guest host. We have a history maker. We've got someone who is making currently making history, someone who's been around to see history made. We have Chief. Richard Ligon, how are you, sir? Great, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, man, good, I'm good. doing good. Listen, let's jump into it very quickly. Let's get, most people who even know you, they know you as a postmaster, they know you as a good bra, they know you as the man who is the king of Pop Warner football. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they know you as. They know you as the, the Pop Warner man. That's what they know. They know that. Explain to the listeners, how did you get involved with the Pop Warner program in Gary? Well, I was playing football at Kentucky State, and I forgot the team we were playing, but at halftime, they had a group of young 8, 9, 10-year-olds playing football at halftime. And they had brought this team from Philadelphia to just play or scrimmage at halftime. It was so impressive to see these young I mean, eight, nine-year-olds running double reverses and throwing the ball 20, 30 yards on yeah. the money. And uh, I just, it just warmed my heart to see that. And uh, when I came home, I decided that it had to be here. It, Pop Warner had to be here. Mm-hmm. So it started with uh, when I didn't have any money, but uh, I got together with uh, an individual named uh, Ray, Ray Green, and we talked very closely about starting the program here. And he got together with uh, Rudy Clay, that was a state senator at the time. 
and they said, oh yeah, we'll sponsor this. So we started off with uh, uh, three police officers, uh, George Rivetta, Billy Moore, myself, and let me see, who else? It was someone else, another police officer. We were talking about mentoring in the community, and uh, all of a sudden they, they, in, they agreed that they would sponsor this program, and we started, uh, we, we were called the Gary Greens, and we really, the first year we were just dynamic. We, it was just unbelievable. And we would play uh, teams in this area. Uh, then the second year, we, we actually changed the name to the Gary Steelers. Okay. And uh, from that point on, man, we just, we just started playing some football. We would, I mean, these, these young men were just, they were dynamic. It's something as you watch young people and they learn the sport and they learn really what it takes to play the sport, it's amazing to watch their growth and development. It truly is. How has that, if any, since you started the Pop Warner program, has it changed? Has it waned? Has it gotten stronger? What's the biggest thing that you've seen as far as development in the, the sport itself? It, it has changed totally. Uh, when we were playing, uh, we were just smashing teams. We were 56 to nothing in the third quarter and I mean just dynamic but most of all it was the players and we, we were strong disciplinaries yeah. each one of us and these kids were so disciplined they would do anything you tell them to do and we at the time you could say kill them get them, bite them, do something <laughs> to them but now, if you want to get kicked out of the game or a 15-yard penalty, use the word kill, <laughs> uh, use the word hurt, serve. You cannot use any of those names. Yeah. Um, and the game has changed so where you can't hit anyone hard. Back in the day, if we were hitting like we were hitting back in the day, they, they would be penalized every play because the guys we had probably for 20, 30 years were just – they just had it in them. They were just talented, and they would hit. Sir, what um, what type of impact did that have with some of the young men that were involved in your program? It's been a lot of years that they were involved. Can you talk about a couple of players and, 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 and tell us about some impact that they had with them? Well, we've had quite a few to go to the professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting, I think, the first one that actually went to the pros may have been uh, – Eric Campbell. Okay. I believe Eric Campbell. It may be some more, but he was small, but he could he could run and he could hit. And he yeah. played with Green Bay a couple of years. Okay. Uh, Jason Johnson, he played, came back to coach at Westside. Now his son and nephew, they're playing. One plays for Houston and the other one plays for Dallas. Okay. And the, it, it just had such an impact because back in the day, uh, we didn't want to divide the city up because they were so close, yeah. Uh, but it happened anyway. They would go to different schools, but they were always friends. And that's a big thing now that, you know, like the rival schools, even in basketball, they want to fight. They want to shoot up. They want to kill. Yeah. But back in the day and still now, they know each other. They would talk after the game, whether they won or, or, or lost the game. It was just it was team building throughout the city. And, uh, and really throughout the community, it was yeah. Maryville and even Hobart. And it was such a strong youth program that 
we know it prevented a lot of crime, mm-hmm. prevented a lot of anger among each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the game, but and there were usually four or five games on one day. And the guys, black, white, Hispanic, they would all sit together after the game, watching the other games, yeah. the other teams play. So it was a relationship builder, and that led to a reduction, truly a reduction in violence. And it was it was a part of love. They loved each other, and they still do. Yeah, um, we have Pop Warner football players that talk to each other now uh, from fifty years ago. Wow, you know, so it's it's a relationship building. Yeah, when you talk about building relationships with children. Have you seen a correlation, as you just mentioned, between the sport and playing sports and better behavior, not only in the classroom, but in the community? No doubt about it. And and I can give you an example of one player, when he was 10 years old, the mother was going to take him off the field. And you can't play anymore. You're acting up in school. Well, uh, when she told me that, I said, no, ma'am, just allow me to come to the school Mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of mentor him and and see how, why, why he's acting so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget, they allowed me to go to this school, and I was peeping in the classroom, saw him acting up, and I ran in the classroom so fast and grabbed him by the collar mm-hmm. and pulled him out in the hall. And, and it, not trying to hurt him, it was more of an embarrassment mm-hmm. than anything. Uh-huh. But that young man turned his life around that day, I believe, and that, and you know, that's Jason Johnson, you know, and his mother gave me permission, and that means that not only was uh, close to him, but I was close to the family. Mm-hmm. So you build relationships with not, with not only the young people, but you build it with the family and the mother and the father. Mm-hmm. That's when we talk about these relationships and building. With your, you've been in off, or you've been in the position in office now for. Roughly two months, about a month and month and a half. Month yeah, and month and a half, month and twenty days or so. Do you see more sports programs that could be involved or, or introduced into the city that would be beneficial to the youth in the area? Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, first, we we we're taking a close look at PAL, that's Police Athletic League, which really produced boxers mm-hmm. and track and. And we're looking at what we can do to help get the community to fund more programs with PAL. Um, the, the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, well, it's uh, FOP 61, they're actually choosing some of the younger, energetic uh, police officers to work with youth in the community with basketball programs, with youth programs, which is a big plus because now you have, it's, from my career at starting with Pop Warner football, it's usually, it's been law enforcement people involved. Mm-hmm. It's been police officers involved. Right. The first time we went to the Pop Warner Super Bowl, it was myself, uh, an FBI agent, and two police officers. Okay. And we took these 23 kids, or 24 kids, to the Pop Warner Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now prior to that, there was Pop Warner football, but it, it was like, uh, just to go to Florida, that was the ultimate goal. Right. So right now we're trying to connect the police department with the youth and the communities. And, okay. and you have such good police officers out there. It's just, it's unbelievable. I'm not just saying this. 
but you have some hard-working police officers out there that would love to be mentor, mentoring the young people in this community. And that's what I think they're doing. Some of them, they're, they're really getting cranked up to do this. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the relationship that the police department will have with the young people in the community. You know what, when we talk about the young people in the community and we talk about mentoring, you know the sizzle, we have a mentoring group and we're a charter school of the dunes. Right. And we do a lot of mentoring just individually in each of our organizations. We have it with our fraternity, we have it with the FOP. We do group and mentoring programs. Do these programs, as far as the law is concerned, as far as what you've seen, do these programs, are they, the, the numbers there that prove that they are what is helping to curb some of these behaviors and no, actions? No doubt about it. As a matter of fact, we did a 10-year survey uh, with Pop Warner, and, and out of, I think it was around 12 years, only one individual had been involved in the criminal justice system as far as going to prison. Or that's amazing. Wow. One. That's amazing. And that's like 12, 13 years. Right. These youth, all of them decided to do something else. And really, the one individual that, that got involved with the law and went to prison, that was the only one of our Pop Warner mm -hmm. players to ever go to jail that, I knew, that we knew that about. That you knew about. Right. It's something, when we look at it now, let the listeners know, number one, how do they get involved if they want their sons or daughters to be involved in the Pop Warner program? The Pop Warner, as a matter of fact, as we speak, they're registering for flag football now. Oh, okay. wow, okay. Um, because the flag goes right into actually the actual Pop Warner season. Mm -hmm. uh, the games are, the games and uh, where they do the cheering and everything is at Calumet High School. Okay. So... So they play their games on turf, <laughs> and and it it wasn't that they were trying to get away from Gary or get away from from this area. It's just uh, all the schools are playing on turf. Right. We have no turf. Yeah. Football field in the city of Gary, mm -hmm. and I, I'm hoping some of the the athletes that are playing professional football now will say, okay, we're gonna take care of West Side or whatever school. It doesn't matter. Uh, we want to take care of them. We're going to give them a turf field, and we're going to fix this locker room up. Mm -hmm. And we know there's a there's a problem with the, the money coming in, but this we should not have to go anywhere but within our city to make sure that our kids on the football field are safe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the, the regular football, I mean, with, with the turf, it's just it seems to be safer. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're looking at really trying to get more outside community help but as far as inside uh we we advertise pop warner football probably we we know that the season starts the first monday in august but but usually it's we're trying to find the good coaches we're trying to find the mentors yeah. that will actually help coach and if we could have more coaches we can have more youth that are participating in the program. How would um if someone wanted to get involved with coaching with the program, what what do they need to do? How how do they get in contact with the uh, the league? Uh, Tony Woods is, is the president. Okay. Uh, Tony Woods, uh, I, I'll make sure that that he, he the next time we get an announcement or yeah. bullet, or next Saturday, as a matter of fact, I'll drop something off. Oh, fantastic! They'll yeah, be able, they'll be able to call. Uh, volunteer, help yeah. out in any way, coaching. We definitely need good coaches. 
we need good volunteers. So I will next Saturday I will have a some some information oh, that fantastic. will allow parents to call and get their kids involved. That's fantastic. And that's the thing when we talked about getting children involved and getting community involvement, having a good facility is one of those things that brings in children, brings yeah, in right, parents. Right. But having quality coaching, yeah, someone to mentor these young people on the field and off the field, that makes the biggest difference. It, it does, and winning helps, but win or lose, you want that young man or young lady to be, to, to really have a sportsmanship and not, not really gamesmanship, trying to win, yeah. have to win. If you don't win, you're a wimp or whatever. You know, it's really how you play the game. And, and I know back in the day, uh, probably I can say we lost one game in like probably 15 years. Wow. You know, and that mean in life, they know they can win. Yeah. So football was considered just like life. You got goals to reach. Right. You're going to be knocked down. You're going to be penalized. You're going to all of this. And that's how we would relate it to the young people. Yeah. And they understood so winning is great, but if you lose and you played a good game or you gave it your all, then be a sport. Be, a, be, be happy about it and go shake hands and hug and get along. Don't be a sore loser. And that's what we taught. And it was so easy to get players and parents to volunteer when we were winning. Well, once you start losing, yeah. they would go somewhere else. They would take their young children to, to another area. But as a whole, we, you know, teaching that sportsmanship is the key that, that you're going to get along with that person. You're not going to be fighting. In, in most cases, in some of the areas now, you got the parents fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's, that's the issue. So good mentors, good coaches will eliminate that. And their meetings with the parents and the, and the relationship with the, with the parents, that's what it was about, getting all of the parents and the children together. Back in the day, they would spend nights with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the parents would say, okay, and they knew the young people. So it was not only getting the young people together, it was really getting the parents together, too. Yeah. So the parents became friends, and the relationship was, built on, was really built on that. Right. This is so amazing. This conversation is so good. We're going to keep it rolling into our next segment. Listen. Colonel's going to stay around for a little bit longer. We're going to have this conversation when we come back from break, and we're going to talk about his what's been going on in the city thus far and what he sees and what improvements he wants to make, what he sees as a vision moving forward. Listen, you're listening to The Sizzle here on W1370 WLTH 92.7 FM. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Welcome back in. You're listening to The Sizzle here on WLTH 1370 AM, 92.7 FM. The Sizzle, the talk of the 219, where sports and community meets. Listen, man, we've had a wonderful conversation. Before the break, we had a great conversation with Chief Ligon. And right now, we're going to just continue that good vibe and that flow as we move forward with our community spotlight. So let me ask you this, Chief. In all of the programs that you're working on, because I know you're working on several things, you've got a lot of irons in the fire right now, what is it that you want to really focus in on for the community, especially for the young people right now in the city of Gary? We, we if you think about the violence, uh, a lot of it is, is, it's almost, it's domestic, okay? 
it's so much hatred out here. It's just unbelievable. If you look at all of the shootings and the violence, a lot of it stems from someone you know. Yeah. It's a relationship. Uh, someone in your own neighborhood. I mean, back in the day, we, you know, everybody in the neighborhood were friends and they'd go eat at each other's homes. So if we can just, it, this is February, Valentine's Day month. Yeah. I mean, just the love that, that, and I know most of the police officers love this community. And they do a lot that's not even broadcast that people don't know about. Yes, they spend their own money. Yes, they take kids bowling and different things. Yeah. But we, we have to uh, have the community show that love in return. Yeah. If you see a police officer, walk up to him, just say thank you. Yeah. Not an MF or don't relate it to some incident that happened somewhere. I'm not saying there's 100% of the officers that are, that are respectful and treat you, but most of them are. Yeah. And we can't relate what happens to other communities that's happening other places that's going to happen here. And I just say, like you treat military people in uniform, you shake your hand and say, thank you for what you do. I think we need to start a very strong campaign in and around this city. Yeah. Just to every first responder, every police officer that you see, just go tell them thank you for what you do. Yeah. And, and people don't understand, and this has been said numerous of times, when they get a call, they don't know what to expect when they get there. Yeah. And they respond, and, and in most cases, full respect, treating people like they're supposed to. And, and I've known police officers to pick up uh, homeless people, homeless people off the street. Yeah. And this one officer I know, and he, it doesn't matter whether you live in this community or not, he would always, and I know that he would pick up this lady and her two children probably twice twice i've known him twice yeah, that, yeah. that this that and went took him to mcdonald's bought him breakfast took the kids somewhere and bought him a little toy and that's that's something he didn't have to do he took his own money to do that you have just so many so many calls that that are related to violence yeah you know and and i just would say that if we just turn this love around and start really loving the people in these uniforms that, that are willing and, and able to mentor and help you and your children, you know, that that's the goal. I would love to see every time someone spots a police officer, just walk up to them, shake their hand, hug them, tell them thank you for what you do. Uh, you know, we, we know that there's a lot of violence. We know that, that, that there's gun violence. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to talk about statistics now or how many, but, but it... I think a lot of people are turning the attitude around, and I think a lot of people are, are showing the love. We just need not uh, stop that. I mean, we need to make sure that everyone in this community is just shaking hands, talking to the police officers, just finding out that they're human. They have families, too. They have to go home and, and deal with the same situations that, in spite of what they're doing all day, every yeah. day. Yeah. And, you know, I just I, I try to listen to the radio all the time. And just some of the calls are just, uh, is violence, and it's violence among each other. And uh, it, it, and the police will respond and really do a good job of, of trying to counsel or work with families. So I think we really need to get back to the com community interest, mm -hmm. working with each other in the community. Com that community pride, just if you start with the community pride, that's going to end up with the city pride. Yeah. And... Uh, I just, I just emphasize this so much that we need to really 
uh, anything that they can do for a police officer, just the thank you is, is most important. Thank you for what you do. And that's just, that's something that we, we really have to start doing. People have to recognize, too, that there's a heart behind that badge. It is. It, you know, and and people don't realize that they came to serve. And I got skin in the game now. Yeah. My, my my son's a police officer okay. in East Chicago. Okay, and he comes home and talks about some right. of the things that right. he sees and how he wants to help. Right, and he got to be a police officer because his main thing that he wanted to do was to help yeah. his community. And I think many police officers that's why they become right. police officers because they want to help and 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 the sacrifice of self. Right, and it's not about the money. They, yeah. They want to do this and they want to serve. Yeah, you know, and you know, to mistreat a police officer or have a, a, a police mistreat somebody—that's not the norm. No, you know, the norm is that these police officers are dedicated. They're serving. They're helping in every way they can. Most of them are. And I mean, if we we just start observing this and the good things they do. Yeah. And and how can how can you not have post traumatic stress as a police officer? Yeah. You see something all the time. You see the violence. You see the car accident. You see these things. It's going to affect you. Yeah. And the last thing they need to see is someone mistreating them, spitting on them, throwing, calling them names. You know, the respect is, is a, it's a two-way street. Yeah. And we need to make sure that they're respecting you and you as a citizen are respecting the police. Yeah. You know, with that all said, we've talked about mental health and mental health in the community, especially in the African-American community. And, you know, we've done programs on domestic violence. So it's always a a reoccurring theme that if you get your mind right, you can start working on the community and getting their souls and their hearts right and being able to understand that everyone has a place and everyone has worth and value in the community. Exactly. So it's one of those things, as we keep having these conversations, and this will be a reoccurring conversation, Chief, that we'll have with you. Hope so. Coming in and just sharing with the people, as we've talked about it today, of just understanding community interest, which leads to community pride. Right. And I'll give you an example. Yesterday, we had someone from uh, one of the boats bring in just little gifts for the policeman. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, and they just brought it in and just, I mean, that itself just made those officers at roll call just have a smile on their face. Yeah. And just to really say thank you. So anything, I mean, that can be done just to say thank you is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to surprise some people yesterday uh, at the police department. Uh, Jarvey was coming into town. Mm-hmm. His flight was canceled because of the snow, oh, right. so he was unable to make it. But I was going to have him just come down to the police department and maybe bring an extra football jersey here, yeah. or something, just to say hello, just to do that. And I'm working hard right now to try to 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 do a wellness program for the police officers. We they need equipment. Yeah. They need money. I mean, and we know the city is suffering somewhat, but. The police officers need need new exercise equipment. Yeah. Well, I'm working with three professional football players to really see what they can do. I know they're after that Walter Payton Award. Yeah. Well, I think Gary is a nice place right. for them to start working a on good, that. Yeah. So, yeah, ground for that. It is. You know, so those are things that we we just trying to make sure that that some love is shown, and I think that will turn this community around. And not only that. Uh, most of them have so much experience with mentoring on domestic violence. Yeah, you know that this this I believe it's truly going in the right direction. It yeah. really is. 
Well, listen, we thank you. I know that you've got a lot going on and you've got your time, but we want to thank you for coming to the show. And listen, you made such an impact right now. We appreciate you and thank you. Appreciate you too. Yes, sir. And we look forward to next time we get a chance to talk. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Listening, you're listening to The Sizzle here on WLTH 1370 AM 92.7 FM. The Sizzle. Baby, we are back in the building. We are hot. We are hotter than ever. We are always live. We're always fresh. We are always cool. I like that word. Fresh? Fresh, cool. All of them. Cool. It's cool with a K. Iron Skillet Sports would like to thank you for listening to another edition of The Sizzle.